Hello, Great Minds! It's Friday, and that means it's time for Drinks with Great Minds in History, and another round with the Founding Fathers, this time with the lesser-known Morris. Alright, fuck it, let's go. Hello everyone, and thanks for listening. Today I have one more quickie before we return to normalcy on DGMH, and I must say that I am very excited for our next great mind, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Today's subject, Governor Morris, has quite the whale of a tale too. And I should note right off the bat that I am saying Governor, not Governor. In fact, Goof was never a Gov at all. Our subject served his nation in just about as many ways as his founding brethren like Big Bobby Livingston, Roger Sherman, and others. But also like them, he is often overshadowed by, dare I say it, and I might prove myself wrong, greater minds. Even though he penned those oh-so-famous words of the United States Constitution, We the People, which of course made for one badass schoolhouse rock song. Gouverneur seems to have a legacy lost to history, but I can guarantee you this. By the end of the episode, you will see that this founder certainly won one battle, the most interesting death in our nation's earliest days. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. And I want to get another little disclaimer out of the way. In this episode, I will be talking an odd amount, I don't know if it's odd, but at least a good amount, about a man's penis. Not because I want to, but because I have to. If that bothers you, well then grow the fuck up. But again, I'm getting ahead of myself, so let's talk drinks. Today, I am drinking a Blue Whale Cocktail. A delicious mixture... Mm, a delicious mixture... Mm, fuck that word. A delicious mixture of rum, I used Kenichi Reserve, my favorite, blue carousel, and pineapple juice. Mix it with ice, and it's a pretty simple cocktail to make. Honestly, I saw a lot of variations of this one, including one with vodka, which also sounded pretty good, but I was out of vodka, and I had rum on the shelf. I did two shots of each in mine, which made for a nice, tasty, strong drink. And for a change, I will do my very best to get this posted over on the DGMH Instagram page, where three of you can go ahead and like it, like always. So let's get to it. Last week, we explored some of America's most impressive yet forgotten patriots. And this week, we are going to explore one of America's most interesting and impactful founders that never gets more than an honorable mention in the history textbooks. If that. So let's enjoy another round with the Founding Fathers, this time with New Yorker, Gouverneur Morris. But first, it's some history for you, a reason to drink for me. It's the history of the great minds that made history come to be. So, Gouverneur Morris. Most of you are probably sitting there listening, saying, who the fuck is Gouverneur Morris, and who the fuck would name their child Gouverneur? Well, my research has led me to believe that he might be one of the most interesting characters I have covered to date on the show. He served alongside great minds like Alexander Hamilton, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and more. Yet, no one ever talks about him. No one outside the historical community probably even knows his name, and really, everyone is just fine with that. Well, fuck that. This guy's an epic badass that deserves to have his legacy secured, if only on my small, very sarcastic podcast. And if there's one thing that makes him a true badass right off the bat, it's the story of his leg. Despite avoiding an amputation in his teenage years, in 1780, at the bad advice of his attending doctors, Gouverneur agreed to have his leg amputated from the knee down following a particularly bad carriage accident. 
but he doesn't really seem to have given a shit as he continued to ride horses, dance, climb, and even ride river rapids. And I have come to the conclusion that nothing could have slowed this man's pursuits of the ladies, especially the married ones. On that note, it is worth saying that it is rumored that Morris actually injured his leg jumping out of the window of a married woman to avoid being caught by her husband and to spare her, or maybe just his, reputation. One Englishman noted this about Gouverneur. Mr. Morris, an American, was a gentleman-like sensible man who lost a leg in consequence of jumping from a window in an affair of gallantry. By the young age of 25, Morris joined John Jay and Robert Livingston in 1776 to draft the New York State Constitution. Jay, Livingston, and Morris remained close throughout the early years of the Republic, and Jay noted his devastation upon hearing the news of Morris's accident, saying, quote, News of Governor's leg has been a tax on my heart. However, he continued in his letter to Robert Morris, no relation, by the way, quote, I'm almost tempted to wish he had lost something else in the process. In a letter to Livingston, John Jay once wrote, Morris is busy and daily employed in making obligations to Venus. That's a fancy way for saying Goove got around. He even once courted John Jay's sister-in-law, but the match did not result in marriage. Given what I've learned about Governor Morris, I find myself wondering if it resulted in anything else. But did he do anything other than whore around? Well, kind of. And to clarify, he did a lot but he never really stopped whoring around in the midst of his great accomplishments. His true claim to fame, at least politically, should come from his words in egalitarian efforts at the Constitutional Convention. Amazingly, Gouverneur is recorded to have spoken more than any other delegate to the Constitutional Convention, including Alexander Hamilton himself. While serving his state, he delivered an unbelievable 173 speeches, which toppled even James Madison, the so-called father of the Constitution. More notably, he was one of the few delegates there that delivered addresses outright denouncing slavery. In one fiery oration, Morris questioned the issue of representation of slaves in the Constitution, that is the dreadful three-fifths compromise, saying, quote, Upon what principle is it that the slaves shall be computed in the representation? Are they men? Then make them citizens and let them vote. Are they property, he questioned? Why then is no other property included? James Madison later said of Morris, quote, he never would concur in upholding domestic slavery. It was a nefarious institution. Madison later said of Gouverneur's importance at the Constitutional Convention, The finish given to the style and arrangement of the Constitution fairly belongs to the pen of Mr. Morris. A better choice could not have been made. In the end, Gouverneur was a member of the Constitutional Committee of Five that worked to draft the seven original articles of the U.S. Constitution. His efforts gained him the moniker Penman of the Constitution which was in no small part thanks to the fact that it was he who originated the phrase, We the People. Sadly, We the People seem to have forgotten all about Governor Morris. Despite all this, his endless unwavering efforts at the Constitutional Convention, he was never afraid to admit that the Constitution had its flaws, even being among those New Englanders that supported secession in the tumult of the years leading up to the War of 1812. According to author Richard Brookheiser, who I have actually had the pleasure of chatting with for an interview on John Marshall, which I will someday air, notes that, quote, the man who wrote the Constitution judged it to be a failure and was willing to scrap it. In Morris's own words, quote, in adopting a Republican form of government, I not only took it as a man does his wife, for better, for worse, but what few men do with their wives, I took it knowing all its bad qualities. Oh, goof, you went there. Gouverneur also served as America's fourth minister to France and the only foreign minister that maintained his post during the darkest days of the terror. 
there's a well-known story that Morris narrowly escaped a mob that eagerly aimed to hang him when, to save his own life, he unfastened his peg leg, waved it about, and proclaimed himself, quote, an American who had lost a limb fighting for liberty. The crowd cheered him on and quickly dispersed. But it was also during this time that two famous patriots became targets of the terror, Thomas Paine and our Marquis Lafayette. Morris's inability to secure Payne's release and Lafayette's return from exile got him heavily criticized. However, his successor James Monroe was able to secure Payne's release, and as we know, Lafayette would be welcomed back during Napoleon's reign. Gouverneur's diaries serve as one of the most detailed and objective accounts of France in the midst of the terror, a key source to any historian of the French Revolution. In his writings, one can see that he was far more critical of the revolution than his predecessor Thomas Jefferson, and Morris actually heavily criticized the French government for the execution of Queen Marie Antoinette. And of course, he had and wrote about his numerous affairs. He detested the terror, and he was quite critical of the French people that were swept up by the chaos of the revolution, once saying in a letter to then-Secretary of State Edmund Randolph, quote, a day of final reckoning must come, and as the French people enjoy more pleasure at the execution of a convention, a list than from any other festival, it is to be hoped that they will at length be offered up as sacrifice to justice and humanity. In his later years, Governor Morris returned to the United States, served a term in the U.S. Senate, and worked alongside Livingston to make possible the completion of the Erie Canal. It was during this phase of life that Morris yet again defied expectations and did the unthinkable. He got married. In true Morris fashion, however, his marriage was wrapped up in a good bit of scandal, as the 57-year-old Governor Morris married a 35-year-old Nancy Randolph, a woman who was actually accused of murdering her newborn love child. But the two remained married until his death in 1816, and that is the topic that begot this episode. Now, death isn't funny. It's sad, I know that. But sometimes we have to laugh at the dark stuff. Unless we're talking about someone like that asshole Joseph Stalin kicking the bucket. Film has proven that can be quite hilarious. In this case, however, tragedy and comedy seem to run hand in hand, as Gouverneur Morris's life came to a fascinating, one-of-a-kind, somewhat risque close. Suffering from a prolonged urinary tract infection, Morris did something that no man listening to this podcast could ever imagine doing to themselves. To relieve his pain and clear any blockage, Governor inserted a thin piece of whalebone, likely from his wife's corset, into his penis. You may be wondering what would ever possess him or any man to do this. Well, I'm guessing his infection had put him in such a great degree of pain that he was able to withstand and endure the pain his actions likely generated. But, a letter written by Rufus King after Gouverneur's death seems to shed some light on the story of his motives and death. Quote, He has been long subject to a stricture in the urinary passage, and had unskillfully forced a piece of whalebone through the canal so lacerated the parts as to create a very high degree of inflammation, which has been followed by a mortification that I am told will prove fatal. King continues, Some years ago, and in the interior of our state, he performed the same operation with a flexible piece of hickory. The success on this occasion probably emboldened him to repeat the experiment. King seems to indicate that this wasn't the first time that Gouverneur had attempted this procedure. His prior success no doubt prompted his Ahab-esque adventure. Morris had suffered from debilitating urinary tract pain off and on for more than two decades. 
After failed attempts with other remedies like laudanum, various homeopathic mixes, and even bleeding, his pain pushed him to the point where self-catheterizing likely seemed like his last best hope. Some historians have actually speculated that Gouverneur Morris was actually suffering from prostate cancer, but in the end his death was exacerbated by his attempted DIY procedure. He died on November 6, 1816. He is buried and cherished in the Bronx. Well, that's it. If you enjoyed this episode of Drinks with Great Minds in History, then please consider supporting the show by becoming a DGMH Patreon. Follow the links in the show notes to the DGMH Patreon page and get access to all sorts of exclusive bonus content. I hope you will consider leaving the show a great, hopefully five-star review wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And as I like to say, it helps. No one's quite sure how the fuck it helps, but I guess it does. Be sure to join in on the conversation at the DGMH Facebook group and follow the show on Instagram to see how much I really do drink. Well, let's close this whalebone of a tale with a move to the scale of greatness. For this bona fide beauty of a story, this whale of a tale that, that governed the last week of my life, I had to pay tribute to the poor whalebone that found itself forced up Governor Morris's penis with a blue whale cocktail. In terms of taste, my rum blue whale is quite sweet and something I would very much enjoy while sitting on a beach somewhere or even poolside. But I am currently not doing either of those things, and as a result, this blue cocktail lacks something, and it's uh, a little too sweet for my taste buds. Don't get me wrong, it's everything I expected, and the good rum certainly helps. And there's just something about blue carousel that always makes me feel like I'm drinking cheap candy. Three points for taste. But depending on the rum you like, this could be quite a cheap drink, as blue carousel comes at a very affordable price. Price of cocktails is always a little more challenging to rate, as they have a lot of components and variations. So we will just split the difference at three points, as the rum I like and drink and always choose is never really that cheap. But I wouldn't mind making another one of these for a beach trip or a vacation with my family. It's cute, it's fun, it's beachy, refreshing, and any rum and pineapple concoction is always tasty. I would certainly suggest this blue whale for a fun fruity vacation cocktail anytime you visit the beachy areas of southwest Florida. Four points for returnability. Leaving the show with 10 out of 18 points and barely four crowns, I will add the following point to my drink rating. There comes a certain sense of accomplishment and joy when making a fruity blue cocktail, even if it is to toast a man who accidentally brought about his own death by inserting a whalebone into his penis. And that's quite the strange thing to be remembered for. As we close the show, I will say we often debate legacy and footprint on this show. For Gouverneur, both seem to be overshadowed by the histories of much more famous minds that may have not actually been greater. Honestly, one of the greatest testaments to the legacy of a great mind, in my opinion, is what other great minds have to say about him or her. In Gouverneur's case, the ultimate historical badass, Theodore Roosevelt himself, felt compelled to tell Morris's story in his 1888 biography. Roosevelt actually addresses this very issue that I am now grappling with in the opening pages of his book with the following quote, No one of the founders of the Constitution has suffered more in this respect, that is legacy, than has he who was perhaps the most brilliant of the whole number. And of course here he is talking about Gouverneur Morris. As this episode comes to an end, I yet again find myself rejoicing over the simple reality that I again now know more about my nation, its founding, and its founding fathers. And, of course, what not to do if I ever experience pain in, well, you know where. Historian Ryan Barlow notes, quote, The language of the U.S. Constitution would be much poorer if it were not for the words of Gouverneur Morris, words that we have forgotten about and abandoned to the dark, forgotten corners of history. Well, that's it. Next week, back to France we go. 
Cheers.